Hey everyone, welcome to the Woodley Warriors podcast. This is our second episode, and I'm Liam. And I'm Leander. In this episode about the Chicago U.S. Open, we'll discuss our experience and highlights, along with interviewing both Travis Chang, one of the best American players, and Blaine Severson, someone completely new to the competitive scene. Travis Chang is one of the best kill team players in the U.S., We interviewed him before the Chicago Open to get his predictions for the top teams, how he sizes up new players, and what matchups he's worried about. Here's the interview. So Travis, we had a couple questions for you. The first one is, what do you think the top teams this this event will be? Like, top four, how do you expect that to turn out? Are there any teams you expect to do very well? Any teams that you expect to flop? What's What's gonna happen? Uh, so let's see, top four for good teams on a mixed tournament. I would expect Hunter Clade. Vetguard is probably going to be okay just by having weight of bodies. Intercessors probably should be good. And Novitiates are a little bit worse on open, but I think with a good enough pilot, you can probably make it through an open board without any major issues. And then on In the Dark, they do seem should be better. So somewhere, those probably top four. I don't know, really have a specific order for those, but those four. Interesting. And I'm wondering, how do you think you'll do in this tournament? I have no idea. We'll always, I go into every tournament with no expectations whatsoever. You should always go in expecting to play your best and see how that does, but you shouldn't ever be too attached to any singular result. Okay. Good advice, Travis. How long does it, we also had a question about the balance data slates. How long do you think it takes for them to kind of ripple through the meta and change it? For example, Hunter Clade, we saw that with the extra Rust Stalker and the extra Gunner, that really changed things and shook things up. Uh, how, how fast is that, how long does that take to change stuff? I think for really large changes on a team, it would require a team specialist or someone who's already, who knows all the rules well enough where they can adjust to the changes pretty quickly. As far as overall meta shifting, I think people have to paint teams, so there's like a long lag time for most people, it seems, for team switching. I think something like the grenade nerf that's global, that hits everyone, affects it pretty much almost immediately, as long as everybody knows the rules. Not everybody keeps up to date with all the things on the internet, so global stuff happens pretty quickly. Team stuff, like nerfs or buffs, would require someone to have either looked at the rules or already played them or had a passing interest. Okay. And then I was also wondering, as, as Hunter Clade, what's, what's the matchup you're most worried about at this tournament? I actually am not worried about any one specific matchup in this tournament because at op- in open play, they are very good. I think probably their worst matchup is Pathfinders because the Pathfinders strip out the Rustalker's useful defensive ability. And then on In the Dark, they have enough tricks where maybe Commandos or someone else with forward... I think Commandos are actually the only other forward deploy in the game. That's really risky, but I think it telegraphs pretty hard if someone double forward deploys. So I'm not particularly worried about being able to adjust. So I do think that Hunter Clay is very, very good on open, closed. I think Novitiates probably could do it too. It's just they have worse matchups than they used to. So. Interesting. I think there were one or two Pathfinders going, so... Yeah. yeah, I don't. I'm not particularly worried about a Pathfinder player because I have beaten Pathfinder players in the past on this team, and I know, and we've practiced it, so I've we've seen it before. Like someone on my team has done the other side of the matchup, so we've at least tried it. So awesome. So I also had a question about players you encounter. When you've never met a player before, you've never played them, 
how do you size them up and know how how you need to play against them? What goes through your mind when you meet a player and start start your game against them? Generally, I will just treat everyone as if they are as good as I am until they prove otherwise. Because there's no reason to peg someone down in skill level until they start making mistakes or they don't know things. Once you see that they don't know parts of the rules or they set up in ways that you don't expect, then you can adjust your, um, your play style. I think an example of this would be probably on open play boards when someone sets up everyone on conceal. Generally, it telegraphs pretty hard on infiltrate, which allows the player who wants initiative to play around it very easily. So that's probably a big mistake I would stop doing on for everyone. Okay. And then also, I think you and I are the only players to ever take Star Striders to a tournament. Uh, why... And also, the, I've noticed that the new, the four new teams, they haven't been getting much love at tournaments. Why, why do you think that is? I think there's a painting lag. So it takes time to paint up entirely new teams. I think Gellerpox are more obviously powerful, which helps. People generally tend to uh, gravitate towards strong things. Also, Nurgle is a very popular lore faction. So I know there's a lot of Death Guard players that just play Death Guard. So the fact that now they have more Death Guard-y stuff means that they're more likely to play Gellerpox. Uh, Gellerpox are also just not good in open, from what I can tell, because they just get murdered by all the shooting teams. On In the Dark, they do seem a lot better. Um, and then for Star Striders, they are both annoying to paint, hard to play, and you can get stomped pretty hard by some teams. So it's probably just like a... just takes time. Like, I played them, and they're fun, but... I could also see them being really hard because elites are definitely not not their best matchup. Like intercessors are, are rough. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think Gellerpox, they're really good into the dark. <laughs> yes, they are. But they have um, it, open boards. The only board where they have a chance, I think, is Chalmath, just by virtue of being all heavy. And I mean, the Star Striders problem, like at what point would you would you balance like fun over being competitive in a tournament because star striders i've we've both taken them to tourneys they're a lot of fun to play they have great synergy but they're not very competitive yeah i think uh being balanced on four ups without a lot of with there's almost no free source of rerolls so if lucia was able to do claim claim ground claim yes something so basically like if they were allowed to have one more cp a game on a strat ploy from Elusia, I think that would be nice. Even with the plus one CP they already get from their writ of passage, uh, or writ of trade, or whatever Warren it's called, trade, warrant yeah. of trade. Um, it would still be nice if they had some ability to get some source of rerolls consistently. Because right now hitting on fours is rough, and you depend far far too much on synergy bubbles and open, which are very very easy to pick apart. Yeah. I actually think they're probably better on in the dark because you can play three lanes and have your synergy bubbles set up in each lane beforehand. What are synergy bubbles? Uh, an example of a synergy bubble is the novitiates having the simulacrum or like when you die and you're near it, you can get a res, or not a res, you get a, you get a shoot action along with a preceptor nearby so that you can have units that are re-rolling saves. And then after you've failed your saves, you also have a chance to shoot someone. So 
it's a like three units or four units all benefiting off a synergy bubble of an aura. I think on Vetguard you have uh, the book that you can use next to multiple gunners and you can chain activate a uh, the confidant with like a grenade launcher while next to the zealot so you can get two sets of five up shots very quickly basically like over two activations because you can have the guy read the book move up and then the other two ga2 over to the book and fire off shots yeah. so it's like those those sorts of things and the star traders basically live and die by having a handful of dudes within four inches of other dudes yeah. but on open it's very easy to pick apart mm -hmm. on open i found myself uh, struggling to get the Star Strider synergies because I just needed to spread them out so much to play the mission. Yeah, yeah. In the dark, basically, you can have different kinds of bubbles. You can have like a you can have niche go along with um, the cannon and one other navy into one side, so they have rerolls on hits and they can guard one room pretty efficiently. You can have Elusia and someone else in the dog basically covering for melee in another lane you can have everybody else in the other one so you can set up like pre-bubbles and then it's hard to pick apart bubbles because the concealed guys around the doors give four inch range which is actually pretty large for auras so it's pretty easy to stay within at least rerolls or whatever so. all right thanks okay. travis it was great to talk to you yeah, thanks travis yeah thanks for having me guys all right so liam what do you think about what travis said about novitiates I really agree with them. I think they've really fallen off on an open board. And into the dark, they are very good. Because with your Super Flamer, you got five attacks, two up, three, four. Yeah. Uh, if you spend a CP on it. And now that's lethal five on Into the Dark. And Ceaseless. Exactly. That, with, that, your, that just, with your auto chastiser. Yeah, with, yeah. with their great equipment. So that mm -hmm. just melts a Space Marine. Uh, so, Leander, I actually think you have... You probably have better things to say about novitiates than me because you you play them so well. So what do you think about that? Uh, about novitiates on open boards, I just have a lot of salt. <laughs> because even before they got officially nerfed, they were unofficially nerfed a few times. Uh, once when Hunter Clade got a buff because Hunter Clade are a terrible matchup for Novitiates. They outshoot them, they outfight them, they outactivate them, and they shut down faith points. And then another time when Intercession got released, which is Novitiates just can't kill Intercession fast enough. Uh, so Novitiates usually get tabled versus Intercession. And then even after those teams came out, Novitiates got their official nerf. So I'm, I'm not a... Uh, a fan of them on open boards, but into the dark with the good flamers, they're pretty viable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so also I think it was interesting what Travis said about Star Striders and also the painting lag. That that does make sense that many people are not taking the into the dark teams because they don't have them painted, but I really don't think that's the entire reason. I'm sure there's something else behind it because people can get their teams painted really fast when they want to. So would, do you have anything to say about Star Striders or the lack of Into the Dark teams? Well, I mean, I think something like five people have taken Star Striders to tournaments since they've come out. And you're number one. I, I took them to a 14-man beginner tournament, and I went undefeated. So yes, I'm he beat up the noobs. technically number one. But uh, I think their Star Striders aren't very popular because they're really difficult to play because of all of, like Travis was saying, they have lots of synergy bubbles. 
So as I was saying, Star Striders, they require a lot of stacking of abilities to play well, and you need a really good player just to play Star Striders decently. So I think that's, that's one of the reasons why people are so turned off from them. I agree. All right, thanks. So on the topic of our, our tournament experience, Liam, what would you say was your your most fun game of Chicago? Well, Leander, I actually had three really fun games. Uh, one of them was against Janice, one of them against, was against Blaine, and one of them was against my dad. <laughs> so, um, Janice, this might yeah. surprise some of you, but my most fun game was against Janice. I lost to her, I think, 14 to 15. Yeah. Uh, Escalating Hostilities, Intercession versus Commandos. It was one of the most fun games of Kill Team I've ever had. It was so incredibly intense and and amazing. Both of us were neck and neck the entire game until I think she got something like seven points turn four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I think... What your strategy was to go out very hard, right? Yeah, because I think commandos have a pretty bad it- matchup into intercession because yeah. you can't kill them into me- in melee mm-hmm. and you can't shoot them because commandos only have like three shooters. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I think if it's loot and salvage or oh, consecration, yeah. then you have the edge. Then because commandos mm-hmm. can go out very hard mm-hmm. in those and just leave not enough points in the mission for any other so team. So the to way win. I see it, the only way I, I had a chance of winning was. Uh, going out really grabby and stuff. And so what was I got the mission? Uh, escalating. So I got four VP first turn from the mission, three VP second, and then two VP third turn, and then I got five from tac ops. I got one from behind enemy lines, two from interloper, and two from shock tactics. Yeah. So that was an incredibly fun game, and. I think we both had a great time. Janice is an incredible player. Yeah, so what about what about you, Leander? What was your most fun game? Um, well I I have trouble deciding between my game against Tim and my game against Travis. Your game against who? Uh Tim. So he was oh, I thought he you was said him. Uh, no, Tim took uh, Fish Corsairs. Oh, yeah. I don't, I'm sure all of you have seen him on Reddit. Yeah. His, I mean, the the models are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised that they're actually very easy to tell apart. Because uh, he gave them all the gun that corresponded to their official GW model. So they were very easy to tell apart. And also, he showed me the height of the tallest fish fin is actually the height of a regular Corsair. Mm-hmm. So he had he had it all figured out. But Tim was just a really nice guy. And also, the models he had were so cool that it was, it was awesome to play against him. Mm-hmm. And then my game against Travis, I had a great time also because mm-hmm. we were neck and neck the whole game. Uh, Turn four, I actually thought I was going to win until I made a terrible mistake uh, grouping my guys up for blast. But blast one, one inch. Yeah, blast one inch. It hurt. But one of the reasons that game was so fun was because uh, in my mind, we were playing for the golden ticket. 
even though it was the fourth of five games, but the person who won the fourth game, who won our game, was going to play Pathfinders on a mission, on an Into the Dark mission with no shooty lanes. Yeah. So I think Pathfinders with no shooty lanes Into the Dark just aren't good. Mm-hmm. And Hunter Blade are very, very good. Yeah, probably second only to Commandos. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, and what would you say your hardest game was? Janus. That's the only oh, game I lost, yeah. obviously. Uh, um, yours was Travis, I assume? Yeah, Travis. Only, only game, game I lost. lost. Yep. Yeah. Um, what was your best play of the day? Uh, of the t- weekend? Because it was Saturday and Sunday. What was the best play you did? Um, I would... I would have to say against Travis... So I waited in the in turn two. I waited till he had activated several of his key operatives, and then I pushed my people up to pass the midway point, which is how you deny and score points on yeah, that on this junction, junction assault. assault into the dark mission. So just I, the way. I'm I'm proud of how I moved people up the board. Like mm-hmm. the the positioning was was pretty solid, but then I mean the whole game Travis outplayed me. So mm-hmm. and then what what would you say your best play was? My best play. Let me think about that. Here, how about while I think about that, I'll I'll tell you my opponent's best play. Sure. I think my opponent that played best overall was probably. Janice, but the most astounding play that I was the most surprised by, um, like Janice, Janice played incredibly well, but she didn't surprise me much because I don't think intercession they don't have very many yeah, tricks. They're not a surprising team. But uh, I think my dad surprised me the most. I um, I made a stupid mistake. I I took challenge because I I got like. Challenge and execution in my attack up draw, and I picked challenge because I was the attacker. And then I picked my leader, my commando knob, and his hatch cutter, which was just a little bit stupid. So uh, my dad went first because I had to do, because he, he knew I was probably doing infiltrate. Yeah, because you because forward I, deployed your What knob, I tend right? to do, it's somewhat predictable, but it, it seems to give me results every single time. Is I forward deploy my knob with dynamite on into the dark? On into the dark, yes, not on open boards. Uh, I forward deploy my knob with dynamite, and he he does infiltrate because he can only be deployed on concealed. If I forward deploy him, so that really telegraphs hard to my opponent that I'm going to do infiltrate. So of course my dad went first, and he just sealed the hatch with with his um, hatch cutter. Yeah. So that was. That was a mistake on my part, and it was also a really good play on his part. He sealed the hatch, and he ran away, and that I really wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. So, what about you? What uh, I mean, which well, one of your opponents was it, Travis? Yeah, of okay. course it was Travis. Yeah. And what did he do? Which specific play? Um. Well, there were so many plays <laughs> yeah. that game. Uh, I feel. That. I think the thing that struck me the most was him. So. 
Hunter Clade, their leader, has an option between an AP-1 and stun pistol and a blast 1-inch pistol that's not AP-1 or stun. And so at the start of our game, uh, Travis, he took the blast pistol, and I was, I was like, what are you doing? It's blast 1-inch, you'll never get it off. And then... <laughs> yeah, I was there for that interaction. Yeah. Leander, seemed like, Leander seemed to think it was a pretty dumb mistake. On Travis's part. I mean, I just thought I would I would be able to play around Blast 1 Inch, but, like, the pressure got to me, and I forgot about it, and it lost me the game. <laughs> but, yeah, no, but just that, the the reason I think it was such a good he play... Okay, Liam. Okay. Besides winning Travis the game was that it was just, like, he looked at the board, he looked at the matchup... And he just made that instinctive choice to take Blast 1 Inch. And that just tells me his game sense is is on another level. And that's something that, like, studying potential matchups for hours and hours can't can't get you. So Do you do that? No. Good. <laughs> yeah, okay. so he's, he's just such a good player. And this was, I think it was pretty much everyone's first Into the Dark tournament. How did you feel about that? Do you think there were things that should have been done differently? What, how did it go for you? Um, well, I, it, it felt really weird because, so KTO was my first tournament and I got so many rules wrong at KTO and I learned a lot of, I learned how to play them the right way. And this Into the Dark tournament felt a lot like that because I got multiple rules wrong like I for example I shot and then I went on guard so then I could shoot again and then I learned I learned after the tournament that that's that's not legal and I I had no idea and there were so many weird into the dark rules interactions like that yeah I totally agree I think I think into the dark is really a lot of fun and for for those of us who've been playing Kill Team for, what have we been playing for? Like, like a year now? Like nine a little months. yes, a little less than a year. Yeah. Yeah, we've been playing for about nine months now, and um. The the core missions, we've played them so many times because Leander and I have time to play them, since we're kids and we don't have jobs. We can play them so much, and I I really like Into the Dark because it just provides a fresh new way to play the game and it provides missions that we've never played before and it's just really new and exciting and fun i also love the into the dark terrain it looks amazing Mm -hmm. yeah and um it it really does seem like uh into the dark tournaments are going to be a learning experience for everyone that goes to them for the first into the dark tourney because it's it, it's it's close to a different game. It's so different from open board. It's it's jarring, but but I do like the variety. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, thanks everyone. Yep. After the tournament, Travis told us about his hardest game of the tournament and the best plays he saw over the course of the tourney. Here's the interview. Hey everyone, we just finished the Chicago Grand Tournament, and we're here with Travis. Hey guys. Hey. So Travis took first, I took second, and Leander took third. And we just wanted to say some of our thoughts about the tournament and check in with Travis about 
some of his thoughts. So Travis, I was wondering uh, of the of the entire day, what was what was your hardest game or of the entire tournament? I think probably the hardest game is going to be the one that we played, the mirror match, or both of the. I had two mirror matches, so the first mirror match was rough, um, purely because mirror matches. You have to use tools and you have to react to your opponent pretty well. I think on the first game, I lost two people on the first activation because I was sloppy and I didn't take a dash that I should have along with pursuers to save CP. And then in our game, I got diced pretty hard <laughs> for some of the plays, but those are probably going to be the hardest matchups. Yeah. So um, I was also wondering, what was the best play you saw by your, uh, by your opponent this entire tournament? Uh, Leander actually did a really good job of pressuring for Junction Assault so that you could get models on my side after I had already done some of uh, my early activations. So I thought that was really good. Nice. My, um, my plan going into our game, I thought if I just poured all my guys into two of the three Junction Assault sections, I could control uh, those, t those two and win on primaries. But it would have... It would have worked out a lot better if I had had attacker, but yeah. Thanks. I think in our game, there were a couple mistakes. I made a couple mistakes on placement for um, turn two, but I think having a lot of dudes on two sections made that third section. I was able to get points for basically for free, which did end up mattering a lot yeah. in our awesome. game. I mean, I, in, in yeah. hindsight, I probably should have put like one infiltrator on that section just to discourage because Travis ran just two rust stalkers down the side and he got he got something like five points from that section which on into the dark five points from primaries is insane so I, I should have just had some Wait, kind in of one defense. turn no over, over the course, course of, the, of the, game. the game okay so also Travis um for all of you who don't know Leander and Travis played I believe fourth game it was the first game on into the dark a hunter clade mirror match Leander lost by one point yeah 15 to, to four, nine. 10 to 9 10 to 9 my bad uh yeah so it was an incredibly close game and yeah it was it was great so what was Travis uh what was the best play you did of the whole tournament would you say I mean, the best play I made was probably the game, the shot that ended our game. Where oh, but that oh was my gosh, because I had prepped, I had prepped the game by telling you that in the mirror match on in the dark, I was going to take a blast weapon. Leander, and if you, you gave me an opening, I was going to take it. You said you wouldn't make that mistake. Yeah, I I didn't think I would make that mistake, but last activation of the game or last few, I grouped my guys up for his blast one inch and then he shot into them and because I grouped them up, he won the game. Otherwise, that, I think I would have won by one. And that was the game for the golden ticket. Pretty much. That was the fourth game. game. But then the fifth game was going to be against Pathfinders, which are not, not good into the dark. Oh yeah. And Wormblade versus Hunter Blade. But, but Wormblade, they have like the, their two cult agents plus ten guys, and then we have like essentially five cult agents plus At our least in extra terms of guys. The, the damage profiles, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, do we have any more questions, Leander? Um. Yeah. So, of the of the top three. Uh, two of the top three are Hunter Clade, and I think like four Hunter Clade showed up to this tournament. So half of all Hunter Clade players they made the top cut. So, so, you know. so, <laughs> so, 
So why they do, do you think they're broken or? No. I think that in a mixed field, they are quite, quite good. Being able to play open as a, basically an elite's damage team against the hordes or a melee shredder team against the elites gives them really good game plans on open. And then on in the dark, forward deploy is a really big tool along with having lots of shenanigans for movement and a bunch of other stuff. So they're very, very good. I think the buff of giving them a fits to carry and definitely push them probably a little over the edge into what is an S tier team. They're probably not that much better than some of the other S tier teams. Such as? Like Pathfinders, Vetguard, Novitiates. Novitiates on Pathfinders in the dark. are better on an open board. Oh well, yeah, Pathfinders are open, but they're not as good in a mixed board. Like saying for, yeah. in a mixed field, they are probably the best team right now, yeah. would be my guess. Another standout that I would like to point out is um, two out of the three people in the top three were Garrett's. True. So I think Garrett's need a nerf. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the one of the top three was Commandos. So Commandos, 100% of Commandos players made the top uh, three. Actually, no, no there was more. one more. Oh, there was player. one more. It was okay. his first tournament, I think. And he he went three and two. He did really good. Probably that's good for a first tourney. All right. Tourney. And Travis, uh, you have an upcoming event you're TOing, right? Would you like Would you to like tell to us about that? that? <laughs> yeah, we have the uh, New York Open in Brooklyn for November 12th, 13th. We're going to have two, day, two days, six rounds, three on open play, three on in the dark. We're going to have two separate one-day narratives. There are going to be fully custom rules. So You said November 12th and 13th? November 12th through 13th. <laughs> Where can we find this information? <laughs> On ny-open.com. ny-open.com? That's right. <laughs> okay. All, All right. right. Thanks, Thanks, everyone. Travis. Thanks, everyone. All right. We'll see you later. ny-open.com. You heard it here first. Yeah, so... It was really cool to hear against Travis that the best play of the tournament he saw was uh was was how I played pushing up the flanks that was awesome but um he so in our game he only beat me by one point but he had several key charge fights that his dice just did not work um and so he even though he only beat me by one with average luck he would have won by two or three School. What if you hadn't made that mistake at the end? Oh, that still, still two or three. Okay. Yeah. Next up, we also interviewed Blaine Severson, a beginning kill team player who gave us his insights into the best plays of the tournament that he saw, and also how this tournament compares to his local meta. Here's the interview. Everyone, we're here after the Chicago Open with Blaine Severson. Hey. Hey, what's up? Uh, so he got seventh out of 27 people. At his first tournament. It's, it's an incredible placing, and yeah, we wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. Uh, so I was wondering, coming into this tournament, what were your expectations? And uh, My expectations, I definitely didn't expect to like win and especially get on you know second table on the last round like that placing for second place um but I did expect to like go in with the best that I could and you know place as high as I could I wanted at least top 10 I ended up getting top eight so 
Got top seven. Top yeah. seven, yeah. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, uh, in the final game of the tournament, Blaine played Liam uh, for second place, so it was a really intense game. Yeah, it was, it was very close. The final score, I believe, was... Uh, 8 I, to 13, I think. Yes, and uh, Blaine won three games and lost two, is that correct? Yes. And he only lost to first and second place. He lost to Travis, and for those of you who don't know Travis, he's easily one of the best kill team players in America, and he's, in, he's incredible. And I think everyone knows Travis, Leo. I don't know. <laughs> Did you know Travis before this? I didn't know Travis before this. Okay. So how does this tournament compare to your local meta, you know, where you play at home, you, like, maybe go to the store and play with friends or whatever? How does, how does this tournament, how did it compare to your expectations? How did it compare to just how you play at home? What was it like? Um, so typically we never go to a store and play. Uh, we always play just me and our friend group um and uh with the we've boys? yeah with the boys six-sided legion you know um so do you have six people no we're just you know it's just a play on words for the the game and stuff like that but um we typically play amongst each other and we do semi you know competitive games once in a while uh, especially before the event today and t- uh yesterday awesome um but, I mean, I feel like there's a certain level where, like, you know, there are those casual games, and then you come here and you play people who are veterans at the game and who know everything. Um, so it's, it's a little different. Um, I learned a lot, though, coming into this, a lot more than I thought I would. So Yeah, that's great. I think um, this tournament also is, is going to be a lot more difficult than the other tournaments in this area because we had like five people us and uh my brother and i included like fly out for this tournament Mm -hmm. and four of them like me my brother janice and travis are like some of the top players on the east coast so yeah not to flex or anything yeah um and i didn't like i kind of expected that obviously i didn't expect to get placed very high you know coming in as the first event that we've ever been to um but I mean, I feel like I played well enough to place where I did, you know. Yeah, like, you played very well. He he really scared me in our our game. It was, it was, it it could have gone. I think it could have gone either way. Um, maybe if I was a little bit more aggressive, you know. Yeah. So, um, are you going to come to any more GW tournaments? How did you think? How well did you think this tournament was run? the terrain placement whatever the time limits how do you think that was run and do you plan on coming to another one or do you plan on coming to independent tournaments um so a buddy and i are actually maybe planning on coming to kansas city uh in a couple of weeks here uh just to try again and get some more experience with the the competitive side of things but Honestly, I feel like terrain placement was pretty good. I'm not sure if I really liked cutting off the vantage points because it made recon significantly worse. Um, It also, like, prevented maybe some shots that could have been made that maybe should have been made, you know? And, I mean, it is what it is. Every TO does things different, so I'm not surprised. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, I feel like it was pretty good. Um... And then I think time limits, I feel like the setup probably could have been a little longer, and I know that's kind of 
set in stone for most tournaments. It's like 15 minutes for pregame setup. Um, but especially me coming in as like a new player to the competitive side of things, I like to take my time with setting up operatives and stuff. So it, it takes a little bit more time than just the 15 minutes I've got. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I think with um, only three games, uh, first first day and two games second, they could have afforded to have longer games. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially today when it is into the dark, so a lot of people are like rereading over the rules or haven't played them or, you know, figuring out weird interactions still during their matches. So. Yeah. Yeah, going into this tourney, uh, my brother and I, we play against each other a lot. So we had played like six Into the Dark games, but my dad had played like one, so he had no idea what to do. Uh, My first game today was actually Intercession, and he had not played a single game of of Into the Dark before. So he had known most of the rules, but a lot of, you know, the interactions on guard and you know, the, some of the obscurity and stuff he didn't really realize was a thing, so. All right. And also just, I was wondering, what was, of the entire tournament, what was the best play you did? Um, so honestly, best play would probably have been, actually, I felt most confident going into that first match against Travis where it was a hunter clade mirror match and within the first two activations i killed two of his unactivated gunners like that was huge and then then third activation was putting his arc rifle to one so all three of his gunners were either injured or dead in the first couple of activations of the of the the game and it made me feel very confident and he kind of just won the the combat version or combat part of that game um just you know I, I felt like at that moment I had won the shooting portion and I just needed to win the combat and it didn't happen. So, yeah, all right. And and then also, of of all the opponents you played against, what do you think was the best play you saw at the tournament? Um, best play. Um, honestly, it was probably against Liam in that last that last round. Um, just putting the the two orcs on the forward deploying onto the points and being able to hold my deployment my deployment zone really well um especially i didn't even think about putting the dynamite on the boss knob giving himself the extra apl to move and and throw it so that that was something i didn't even realize like was a thing that could happen Uh you know so i felt like that was a pretty strong strong start and that scared me a lot (laughs) all right great Leander, do we have any more questions? Uh, no, that's all. Thanks, Blaine. All right, thanks, Blaine. Yeah, thank you, guys. Good to meet you. Yeah. Leander, what did you think about that interview? What What was the most interesting thing he said, and what stood out to you? Uh, I think it was really cool how he, he pointed you out as having the best play he saw, because that, that commando's forward deploy with sneaky git on Into the Dark, since distance cannot be measured through walls, they can deploy super close to the enemy drop zone, and it just allows you a really good, an insane amount of board control that that shouldn't exist, but you have to be a really good player to, to see that and take advantage of it. So kudos to you. Yeah, thanks. Um, what else? I think it was really cool how Travis recovered from that two for 
Yeah, two trade? two for zero two trade. For zero trade. I don't know how activation. you recover from something like that. Uh huh. So, uh, just to recap, Blaine told told us that against Travis, when he was feeling the most confident, was in the first activation. He killed two of Travis's gunners before they had even gone, and that, and injured a third. Mm-hmm. Well, not in the first activation. Yeah, just but in the first on. turn. Yeah. yeah. And that that just seems like a real setback, and yeah. Yeah, I, I, I still can't wrap my head around how how anyone can come back from that, because mm-hmm. at that point all your all your ranged firepower is gone. You're down to nine bodies, and your opponent's at eleven, and it's a mirror match. So that's yeah, that that's just really impressive, and then Blaine him getting seventh. That was, is first turn. That was that's awesome. Because really I, rem- I think at your first tournament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my uh. first tournament. Uh, I went to KTO. The whole family did, and uh, I got forty third with pre nerf pathfinders. Um, there I were was... three pathfinders that went to the tournament, and he was the only one who didn't make day two. Thank, thanks for that, Liam. Yep, no thanks. problem. Yeah, and. Uh, I think Leander's more than made up for it now. Now he's doing incredibly well at tournaments. So that just really shows for anyone who's new to Kill Team or anything, you can you can really improve over a little while. Yeah, I mean, first tournament, if you do badly, don't, don't, don't feel bad about it. it. Yeah. yeah. So, But Blaine doing so well in his first tournament, I think in a few months he's going to be dominating the meta. Yeah. Midwest. And Midwest, yeah, because yeah, East Coast is the best coast. Yeah. Everyone knows it. Uh-huh. Like, West Coast, who do you have? You have Chris Bakke, that's it. Actually, that's all, that's all I know of. There will well, there, there are probably maybe a couple more that are really good on the West Coast. But, but, but Chris Bakke is the only one who flies out to the East Coast. Exactly. So yep. he's the only one we know of, so I shouldn't be so dismissive when I say that. But. Yeah. East Coast is the best coast. We have Travis, Layla, Janice, Ryan, Nick Craven. Who else? I think that's enough on how good the East okay. Coast is. Uh, we I have mean, more. We have too many to count. Ooh, Kevin Starr. We also have the the highest population density in the U.S. So Maybe that's a part. That, that helps. And so what did you think about vantage points? I mean, Vantage points... Like, only being two on each board as a melee team i completely support it i hope to see it at every tournament (laughs) and i think there was absolutely nothing wrong with it i think blaine did see like a little issue with it though because i mean hunter clay is a little mix of shooting and melee but i really liked this safer board i don't know it just made me made me how do you say Win? <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. I lost. No, I mean, but, I'm sure yeah. as a Commandos player that It that feels nice. Too. But I do think you could do maybe three vantage points on a board. I do think four is a little bit excessive, especially when they're all in your drop zone. Yeah, B, I don't like vantage points in drop zones, so I really mm-hmm. liked what they did with vantage this yeah. tourney. I, I do think maybe they could have put, like, you know, it was it was almost exclusively, actually not exclusively, but it was lots of Octarius, and was it Chalmath, maybe? No, um, it was something no, similar to Chalmath. It was, it was some weird, it, it was some building, 
uh, like Imperial building. But I think on Octarius, maybe it, you have it was, like... I think it was a mix of Octarius and then the small Chalnath ones. Yeah. So uh, on Octarius, I think what you could do in future tournaments, you have one vantage point on each side and then maybe put like that, you know, that big water tank, put that pretty close to one side's drop zone so that defender is an actual is more of a decision yeah. because I think there is a problem with symmetrical terrain layouts. Yeah, it just gives uh, attackers such a huge advantage and that it's a real setback. It can, it can lose you a close game. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the topic of defender at this, at this tournament, because the boards were asymmetrical, I, most of the opponents I played against won the roll off and then they picked attacker and then at first, I thought, oh, that sucks. Attacker is so much better. But because these boards were asymmetrical, when I looked closely at the board, I could see a real Jeez. advantage to yeah. Defender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, there was one drop zone uh, where if you got it, you were, you were just locked in. Uh, locked into your drop zone. And to get out, most ways, you needed to traverse something. So def- I really like that part of the tournament. Mm-hmm. All right, do we have anything more to say, Leander? Uh, no, that's all. All right, yeah. It was great to meet Blaine, and I think he's going to become a really scary player really soon. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of the Woodley Warriors podcast. We had a great time in Chicago and hope to be there again next year. Our next episode is going to be about how it feels to be a kid playing against adults in Kill Team, and that will drop around early November. All right, have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you next month.